I really believe that like there, there is no better time in the history of humanity to be someone who can create your own life, create your own destiny, create your own life of success, of freedom, to be an entrepreneur, to, to be, have the, the, you know, the resources to have an idea and truly, I think it's like the most entrepreneurial time in history. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here on this Throwback Thursday. And uh, today's episode, I'm super pumped to uh, to share with you because it's one of my favorites. In fact, it's uh, one of the original Rich 20-something episodes back from 2017 with my friend Gerard Adams. Now, Gerard is known for a lot of different ventures in the entrepreneurial space, especially when it comes to online media, as he's known as one of the co-founders of Elite Daily, which was one of the primary publications for millennials and lifestyle entrepreneurship culture back in the early uh, 2010s. That was a huge website that sold for, I think, over 40 plus million dollars. And uh, Gerard has been on a tear of speaking, motivating, encouraging, uh, building different programs. And uh, it's been really cool to see his growth over the years. And, you know, at the, t- the time of this recording, we had just met, we'd met this, uh, the very day that this started recording. So we hadn't even built uh, the friendship that we have now. And he has truly become one of my closest friends over the years. It's been cool to see um, just his his evolution as a man, and I think you're going to hear the uh, the makings of a, a great man in this uh, in this interview. You're going to see you know where someone was just a few short years ago, five years ago, and you can go check out his stuff now. And you can even see my interview with him on Leaders Create Leaders. We talk all about our experiences doing uh, DMT together and traveling and doing all this different cool stuff. So uh, I hope that you check up on uh, this podcast. You listen to this nice blast from the past and check up on the stuff we've done together since. And uh, and while you're at it. Make sure that you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com. This is the website where we have everything listed, all the archives, plus everything that I'm doing recording regarding workshops, dinners I'm hosting, um, and everything that we have going on in the community as well as our community Discord, which I would highly invite you to join. Uh, and not only that, but we also have uh, we also have this podcast going out on all platforms now. It's on Stitcher, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on Overcast, it's on, I think, iHeartRadio now. And uh, I just encourage you to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're, you're listening to this on, and also to leave a comment and a review as it helps us to grow the show. So uh, that's all I got for you today. Let's jump into today's episode, this throwback with my friend, G. Are we on? Sean, are we, yo, are we Diddy's live? Got, Diddy's going to have to start sponsoring my ass, yo. <laughs> you got to hit up Diddy. <laughs> yo, Diddy! We're ready to go. What's okay. good? Does he, uh, is, that, is that his? Yeah. What, Diddy uh, and Mark Wahlberg. Why Mark, would... Diddy, you need to be sponsoring me and Daniel. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Trust me, we've got competition. You know? <laughs> you know? It's yeah, it's, it's so funny how- What is life? You, like, at, at, a, at a certain point when you get like really famous, you just, we made a water. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Fuck it. it's not even like a like a special product. We just made water. Yeah. You know. I actually that was one of the companies I tried starting um when I was younger, believe it or not. A water company? A, a water company? A diet water company. I was like, okay, there's obesity. And I was like, man, what does everybody drink? That's like not uh, I know it sounds crazy. No, no, keep uh, tell but me. But I was like, you know, there's there's you know, all these these companies. I think it was right after 50. Sold vitamin water. All oh, right, you're like okay, I, and I, I was like, yo, name. Fifty, I see you. Like that was a major move by Fifty Cent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started thinking about it, and I was like, but there should be something that because I started hearing how vitamin water, there was like this huge trend for vitamin water, but it's actually not healthy for you, right? It's got a lot of sugar, yeah, it's, it's the flavor. Not, it it's not that good either. I mean, it's, uh, it's okay. I depend, yeah, certain I, certain colors certain, are certain okay. Colors. I like the the pomegranate one. It's pretty good, but uh. So I was like, damn, like that shit ain't even healthy for you. So what if we came out with a water that actually was healthy for you and naturally helped you lose weight? Because if you're going to, if you just stop drinking sugar, period, and just drink water, you'll naturally start losing yeah. calories. Yeah. But now if you add, and my brother-in-law was a chemist for Merck, pharmaceuticals. Oh, so I was okay. like, you know, I always like to like figure out the talent, put it together. So I hit up my brother. I'm like, is that possible? Is it possible for us to come up with a water that tastes like water? <laughs> but will help people lose even more weight. And he's like, actually, and he tested it. And he, we, we did, he said, we can do it. Um, and then, you know what? I, I stopped because of consultants. Because I got in touch with consultants that help Snapple. And consultants will freaking dry you up real they tell quick. You? They just tried to charge me like crazy amounts of money for the distribution and like all this stuff. And they were giving me to run around. We have a plan to distribute your water. Here's what it is. Yeah. You know? And I'm a really big, I'm really big with branding. And this is when like, and I'm and I go with my intuition with a lot of things. So I was going forward with it. I didn't like the consultants where that was going. And the name of it was called Svelte, Svelte Water. Svelte kind of having that like, yeah. you know, that slim kind of. Women would definitely pick up on exactly. that. Exactly. So yeah. it's for more towards, geared towards women. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, someone had trademarked Svelte and I couldn't get that name brand. And I was like, all right, you know, and I kept, and I thought about it a little bit more. Um, and then I ended up just pivoting pivoting away from it um one of those things where typically you know if i was really really completely passionate about an idea i wouldn't give up right i keep figuring yeah, it out yeah. but there's certain things that like you know when i was younger I, was, I would test out and if i just felt like it wasn't right and it was things that just weren't working out i would move on i wouldn't get too emotionally attached to it every entrepreneur has like a graveyard right like of ideas you're like yeah oh, that one like that one died yeah you know and that's cool <laughs> yeah. that's cool because it makes for good stories like this yeah and then you have sometimes Years later, you'd be like, oh, I'll put those two together or like something sparks something later. Because it's, yeah. Well, talk about your creative process a little bit. What, how do you come up with new ideas for businesses? What do you do? Um, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I don't, I don't stop thinking about solutions that I face on a daily basis. So, you know, I'm constantly every single day thinking about like, Hey, how can I make this better? How can I make this process better? How can I make this water a little bit better? And like, and and those are just you know, I'll, I'll, I'll it'll help me ideate. But I really won't, as an entrepreneur, go after something unless like I'm legitimately facing a problem and I don't find the solution. You know, so I'm, I'm working on a project right now. Um, I'll give you a, a latest one, but which is. I do, I'm starting doing, you know, a lot of videos on YouTube right now. I have my new series called Leaders Create Leaders. Yep. Just dropped that um, season, season two, two, season two. And I take a lot of pride in my, in my work, you know, like I don't try to pump stuff out quick. Like I try to take my time and really do premium yeah. content, premium yeah. work. To, and, and I did a series because I felt everyone was going vlogging and I was like, okay, hang on. If everyone's going that way, let me go this way. But the problem that I saw was like, there was so much 
on YouTube that was like these people getting crazy millions and millions of views uh, that were pranksters and just makeup tutorials. Casey Neistat. Yeah. Oh, well, Casey. Vlogging. Vlogging. But there, I, I felt like there wasn't a lot for like premium content creators. And I felt like, damn, I feel like I'm, I'm my, my work is not is going to get saturated by all the other people that are doing not as much premium, just more consistent, yeah. you know, a volume, lot volume, of vlogging, 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 or, you know, the prankster stuff. And, you know, they create clickbait because I, I, you know, I understand that world from Elite Daily clickbait. So they've got their cover photos, all clickbait and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this is not a platform that I can see where I want to take my content, where I really want to be. So for me, it's like, okay, I see a problem here. There's got to be other great content, like premium content creators out there. You know, I even made documentaries back in my, yeah, you know, yeah. time. So, so it's like, okay, let's create it. Let's, let's, let's look at that landscape. Let's look at the video landscape out there and like figure out what would a new video platform look like and where's the, where is the trend going with our, with, the way that we behave when consuming content right now that's video related, which is going to be 80% of content consumed over the next couple, over the next year. So, um, so, so something like that, I'll click, you know, and I'm facing it and I'm like, you know what, if, if that's how I'm feeling, there should be other people feeling that way too. What is a solution to that? And then let's create it, you know? And uh, so that's what I'm doing right now is, is working on a new project. Um, that's more of a tech type play to long-term position, not just my content, but other premium content providers that would like to be on a new unique video platform. And they know that their content's gonna share, you know, and rub shoulders with other content yeah, creators that are yeah. putting up that kind, of, that kind of pristine type of content. It's educating, it's, you know, it's educational, it's inspiring, you know, it's um, positive. Vimeo, Vimeo hasn't done a good job of, of spread, in my opinion, of spreading, of making their stuff shareable. Yeah. They have a lot of really good content up there and a lot of people, uh, Filmmakers respect the platform, right? But you don't really see it shared. Yeah, I agree. You know, I almost look at it as like Vimeo has become more of like a tool for video rather right. than like like, it's like, like hosts video. Yeah, it's not right. a platform; it hosts it. Kind of like Wistia. It's kind of yes, same thing to me. I agreed. So yeah, so that's kind of my process. You know, I think the best thing that you can do as an entrepreneur is solve problems that you're facing that you're passionate about. That's like the best thing I think. That's where the best innovation happens. I was just talking about this on a webinar a couple of days ago, and there are so many problems to solve. There's an unlimited amount of ideas you can have. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, what you're talking about isn't a new idea. It's a it's a pivot on a existing idea that solves the problem, a challenge. Yes. You know, you don't have, there's not, there's not really a lot of new problems to solve or at least let Elon Musk handle that. Yeah. Like the new, like coming up with new, new problems or solving like ridiculously earth shatteringly hard problems. Yeah. You don't have to do that, especially as your first, as your first project, right? So many young people are like, okay, you know, they want to take on the biggest project they can take on and I'm more of the mind of starting with small steps and solving problems to build confidence in yourself mm. in order to get to the point where you can take on bigger challenges. I love that. What do you What do you think is the easiest way for someone to to get their idea and put it out in the world without having to worry about having a lot of startup capital? Because people don't have that. Yeah, I think that you know the 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 time where everyone looked at going and raising millions of dollars for their idea and like going to like venture capitalists to raise money. I mean, I feel like, you know, where everyone felt like it was easy to get raised money, it, it, that, that, that 
Time is over. Like over the past 10 years, we've seen a lot of amazing unicorns happen, right? We've seen the Ubers of the world come up, the Airbnbs, the Snapchats, and all these unbelievable companies that have happened in 10 years. And that does inspire us to know that like you really could create something in like Instagram within like a year, two years, it could hit and become that that massive, unbelievable success. That doesn't necessarily, if you don't have that, that doesn't mean you can't become successful with starting small and having and having something that you don't need to go and raise millions of dollars. You don't need to have the biggest idea in the world that's going to impact billions and billions of people just yet. You can create something that's a small solution for a, a target niche market and be extremely successful. And in fact, I think that your probability to become successful becomes higher yeah. when you get very, very granular and more definitive in the the problem that you're solving and the target market that you're solving it for, even though it may not seem like, oh, this is like the hundred billion dollar. No, if you go for that nice little niche and you start small, you learn a lot about that. You can have a lot of success. And then like you just mentioned, you can really learn from that process. And uh, once you have some success, once you finally get it, now you can just double down and level up, re do, you know, expand that product line or expand that company or that business, or maybe even start something new on, you know, um, a new project and take it and step it up, right? Like after you elite, now it's like, I want to 10X it. And you continue to move up, you know, those, uh, those, those levels of success. Totally. Yeah. And for anyone who's watching right now, or eventually you'll watch when we put this on air. So Gerard founded, uh, he founded Elite Daily, uh, what, five years ago now? Well, when I think did you four, oh man. Um, well, we started in 2011 and then it, like the actual real date of like when we launched it was 2012 so yeah. it has been five years correct yeah that's crazy man um i don't like to do the whole i don't like to do like tell us your story yeah people, that's boring for podcasts cool you got I a wikipedia agree. page you know so Dope. you know people can look at you gerard adams look him up but i think what's really cool is that especially with entrepreneurs nowadays you don't talking about niche market you don't have to be famous to make a lot of money there's mm. so many entrepreneurs out there um since you we know some of them and there are others that we don't know that are just crushing it by serving a niche market. Mm -hmm. You know, they're making hundred million dollars a year and you have no idea who they are. Yes. And you can do that by solving a simple problem. I a hundred percent agree. And that's why I'm so big with leadership. Yeah. I feel like in order to become a leader, you don't need to be famous. You don't need a million followers. You don't need millions and millions of dollars, you know, right now, like you don't need any of that. You just need to have the, you know, the courage and, and, you know, just the guts to what go against the What does courage mean to you? What does courage mean? Um, courage to me, it means being able to do the, you know, get comfortable with doing, you know, what fear, what you fear, getting comfortable with fear, yeah. understanding that you can overcome fear. You can overcome doubt, those things that hold you back. Courage is the thing that drives through anything that's going to be in your way and try to hold you back. Courage is the thing that should get, that should be the driving factor to get you through whatever that is. Do you think entrepreneurs need to have courage? you think it's a necessary skill? As I do. Yeah. I do. A hundred percent. I think you need to have, you definitely need to have courage because, you know, like with entrepreneurship, it's all about, you know, growing your tolerance for risk and understanding that failure is part of that process. Mistakes are part of that process. If you're not making mistakes, you're not moving forward. So in order for you to, to have that kind of mindset to learn, you got to test different things. You got to go, you know, test and pivot and things are going to happen. Like you need to have coverage to try yeah, new yeah. things. That shit's real. You know, the, the, look guys, we talk about failure and that shit just becomes so cliche. It becomes an yeah, Instagram quote, Yeah, but it's, it's real. And you're not really going to understand it until you, until you push past the point where you're actually taking risks. A lot of us get 
to the point with entrepreneurship where we get to the point where it could get dangerous and we pull back mm-hmm. because it's starting to get too real. And you, you kind of have to thrust yourself into the unknown. Is that what happened with Elite? You're like, we think we want to start this. I mean, did, what, did, what, did you, what was your vision in your head? Do you think it was going to be a blog? Like, how did you, what was your vision for it? Did you have a vision for it? We did, 100%. I mean, our vision was we wanted to be the biggest media company in the world, specifically geared towards millennials. Accomplished. So that we, we definitely had that vision. Now, we definitely were like, okay, that's an outcome we're looking for. Now, what the, what the fuck do we do next? You know, we were like, uh, okay, we're not journalists. Right, yeah. We never, you know what I mean? We, we have a passion for content. We, you know, I consider myself out of the, my other co-founders like a, a storyteller because I had done some doc, many documentaries and things like that. And I had come from a content marketing background, um, but I've never built a publication to scale like yeah, to the yeah. likes of getting, you know, tens of millions of people every, every month. And uh, so we definitely hit that point, but it was literally just like, fuck it, man, we're going to just do it. And it started with like, okay, I'm going to interview you. You're going to interview, you know, go interview. We're going to interview some of our friends. We're going to interview people on our network little by little. And then we started figuring out like how to build the brand. What does that process look like to, to actually distribute this content effectively? Um, what was the editing process? And then how can we build a culture to attract millennials right. to write for us? Because we right. can only write, how's that's not scalable? How many people yeah, can we write? Three people yeah. write articles. <laughs> it know? starts that way, but then real quick, you're like, okay, this is not scalable. So we knew, okay, we need to come figure out a way to get millennials all over the the uh, the world to want to write for us. We ended up getting, getting about 2000 contributors to end up right for right 80 to 100 articles per day was our was our niche. Yeah, we need to get crazy. at least 80 to 100 articles per day. Um, is it hard to get that many contributors? It good contributors. It, I don't know about hard. It was like patience. You know, uh, it was just like it took a little bit of time to get like our first contributor and get like a few more contributors and then yeah. tell them like you have to post on your Facebook and you have to go and spread this through through the word to your friends. And it was yeah, a lot yeah. of like. Believe it or not, like guerrilla grassroots type of like, you know. Oh, I tell- believe it. It's telling like, them. Like, it's, it's not like people think that viral stuff comes just as like a like some sort of viral fairy comes and like, you know, makes everything blow up. You have to be like, yo, you need to share this. Like, yeah, you have to. Or like, I'll be like, a requirement of you doing this yeah. is that you do is that you do that. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. We required every single person. They had to share. Yeah. Like our work. And, yeah. it, and you know, over time that continued to cause an effect. Um, and believe it or not, to the to the day like we sold. People would say, like, you know, try to figure out, like, what was, what, what made certain content viral, whatever. Like, you really just don't know. There's, there's certain <laughs> I things. Have no idea how it works. Yeah, you. There's certain, you know, there's certain things you learn, right? Like, we end up learning, like, odd numbers work better than even numbers when you're doing a listicle. You Here's know? how to do a headline better. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. But overall, it's, you know, it's some of the stuff that you would think would be the most viral wouldn't, and some of the stuff that you would like. Well, it's also like, I mean, volume has a, volume has, volume. it just plays a, there's a certain point where as long as it's good content, you're not spamming, Google's like, okay. Yeah. You know, if you're producing a hundred <laughs> articles a day, they're like, all right, we'll, we'll rank you. Yeah. There's too many keywords. There's too much volume. You have to get right. It's just yeah. like, it's just like force. We definitely caught a trend with Facebook too. That's what really, at the timing of what we did when we did it, we caught a, a Facebook wave. But now it's live. Live is the wave now. Yeah. But okay, here's a question as, as a, as a content creator. Is live a real thing that's going to happen or is it just something that's kind of like a toy we're playing with right now? That's what I'm curious about. I think live is a real thing. Um, you know, well, I, it's interesting. Like Snapchat, I wonder, like, is it a toy? 
You know, it's a fun toy. It's a fun toy for there's no that. You know, they're right, they're right, over, they're right down here, like in Venice, where I live. They're right down the street. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. No, they're they're. It's just interesting to see how these companies are innovating, right? Like spectacles and all these new things. Like just there's just so much yeah. innovation happening. It's like out of control. You know, um, but I think live is definitely here to stay. It's the question is not if it's here to stay. It's who's going to win the live battle. Right. Is it going to be Facebook? Well, what's the battle? Is is the battle for for eyeballs? Is the battle for quality of content? Because you can put live video. The reason why it's hard is because people don't want to do it. Like a lot of people mm. don't want to do live. Yeah, because it's so raw. And YouTube is one thing, right? Yeah, because you can make that that high quality content that you're making, but yeah. live, like, it's hard to make really good live videos. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was doing it for a little bit, testing it out. I wanted to kind of see. I actually loved it, but it is, it is, um, it is tough. You know, like I actually had to have my team work with me on like how to make this a little different. Yeah, yeah. Put these like how do we make some borders? You know, and and you know what I think is not. It's not just hard. It's it's just a commitment. You know, like it's a serious commitment. Yeah. You need to be like very consistent and say to yourself, like, I'm coming on every single day or three times a week this at time. these times. And you got to be really, really consistent with it. And that's like, that's the biggest it's thing. so hard. Yeah, that's hard. But but the prioritizing is, I mean, just like Elite kind of picked up from Facebook catching up or kept, like taking off. Live now, dude, I did a, um, so I'm doing my webinars on live now. And oh, really? So, yeah, so what we did was we figured out how to like stream from the desktop mm. and from a, from a separate, because I, I can't do it from my phone. If I want to teach something. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what do you do? Put it in front of the I'll computer show you, I'll show you how to do it later. So, like, I'll show you later. But cool. it's, it's awesome. Um, and we figured out how to, like, hook up a DSLR to it. So, like, we can do, like, oh, wow. real live. And now, you know, dropping this now, Rich20 is developing a software for to be able to use live from your desktop rather than just the phone. Cool. Because that, that's a barrier right there, the phone. It is. Um, but, dude, I did a webinar. It was 90 minutes, and we hit 800,000 news feeds. And it doesn't make, like, oh. that's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think that, one, the fact that we hit 800,000 news feeds, part of that's a vanity metric on Facebook's part to encourage you to do it more. Yes. But man, that algorithm is picking it up. It's picking it up, It's yeah. really picking it up. No, it's, it's, it's dope. It's really, really cool to hear. And um, yeah, when you get, when that, that happens, you just got to double down. When people start, like when they're real, like people are going to come like you and they're going to start doing real TV shows. Yeah. There's going to be someone, it's, the thing is that the, the barrier to entry is pretty high though because like you have to have a high production value. Yeah. But there's someone who's going to figure out how to shoot it and they're going to do like, they're going to do like, like they're going to start doing like a new girl, like a comedy, but it's going to be live on Facebook, yeah. only on Facebook. Or they're going to cool. do like, they're going to do like a real show, like an yeah. SNL, but like high quality. That's actually interesting that you're saying that. So I tested out live and then I actually was inspired by live to do a actual show. Right. So I've been building a production studio in Founders District, yeah. which I've seen the pictures. Get into that. And, you know, that's my goal is to actually build a set. And if I'm going to do it, like do it. Yeah, I always want to do things like <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like a blessing and a curse, you know? <laughs> But because uh, it takes time. But yeah, that's my that's that's the thing. You definitely want to definitely. And, and it is. It, I think that's going to become a wave, you know, yeah. like look, that's that's where the generation is going. That's where Gen Z is even going to be going. You know, like how much TV do you watch, Daniel? Not a, not that not not much. much. No, like I don't we have it. You have it. Yeah. Like me and my girlfriend don't even have cable. Yeah. Well, we have Hulu and Netflix. Is it? Yeah. No cable. We don't. But it's like, you know, it's just everyone's just streaming, you know, the content right now. So. And that's why it's so big with like influencer influencers right now more than you know they've got these YouTube stars are bigger than you know they got billboards in L A for yeah. YouTube stars have you seen any yeah. of these yet yeah oh in New York City too yeah. oh they have in New York too yeah bigger than freaking actors now that, that's that, that's pretty fucking crazy yeah have there been anybody any any YouTube stars who have made like a, a real successful crossover Issa Rae now has her show Insecure on HBO that's hers her mm. 
Has anyone else made like a successful YouTube to like real celebrity transition? I mean, my boy Jake, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying like, I don't know how what's well, what's the line? Real, I don't yeah. know. I know Logan Paul and Jake Paul, you know. I know them. Jake's, I don't know Jake's my boy. Know you know, he was in Leaders Create Leaders season one. Um, he's freaking killing it, dude. He's killing the game. And he's been able to get picked up and work with Disney. And that's a that's a big uh, yeah. deal, though. Disney's like, the jump off. Disney's the jump get off, bro. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can get a record deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Drake's up in here. Shit, man. Ariana yeah. Grande just took off. You yeah, know? exactly. So... So, so it definitely is happening. But the crazy part is this, whether, you know, when you say like picked up and right these, some of these YouTube stars, they're making, top YouTube stars are making anywhere from 5 million to 15 million a year. It's like PewDiePie shit, right? PewDiePie, yeah. Jenna Marbles, all these, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know the names off the top of my head, but yeah. I just saw an entrepreneur magazine yeah, yeah, yeah. listed all of them. And I was like, wow. Well, I think, I'm trying to get Lily Singh. If Lily, if you, if you see this. Oh, I'm, she's great. I love I'm her. I'm trying to come after, uh, you know, Lily. I, Superwoman. Yes. <laughs> so she had a movie. She, had, she made her own movie. You can there do you that go. now. Yeah, exactly. That's what Logan did too. Yeah. They made her own movie. And I think she put it on Netflix. Yeah, a lot of people or are going Netflix to Netflix. Netflix or YouTube Red. Because they have like a YouTube is trying to do its own like yes, premium pay for content thing. That's something that's something that free content is now introducing a paywall in a lot of instances with premium content, which could be something that you could work on. Yeah. You, know, you could have some sort of paywall. Yeah. Um, for like the the really high level stuff where you do like, yeah. let's say you do leaders, create leaders and you like the first season free, but the rest is paid or whatever. That's what I was thinking. I was going to do that with season two. Yeah. I sure. really was going to do that with season Just two. Just like the timing. Cause like I want to, I'm launching an academy right now. I want to like have an academy for founders, like, you know, what we're doing over there, you know, plain and simple, we need to, we need to understand how to build more of a community. There's only so many people we can have get inside of founders, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. move to Newark. Yeah. So we want to build out, build out that online academy. Um, so I was like, man, I would be great to have all, going forward, leaders create leaders in order to get it, you know, join the founders network. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in the future, in the future, right now, just, um, just doing it for the doing it for the people right now, you know, like not even people's champ. Yeah, I'm doing it for the people. Yeah. Well, I think with content, you kind of have to, you kind of have to want to do it for other people because it does it does pay off, but it's a long play. It's a long play. It's not like you know, mm -hmm. I have lots of friends who started businesses and made way money way quicker yeah. than a content based business. Yes. A lot that content most people don't realize. People see online entrepreneurs market or stuff like that, and they think that immediately as soon as they start a website, they're making money. It ain't like that. No way. You have to put a lot of value in. I mean, were you making money off Elite Daily the first year? No. Um, and it was the money worth would, the amount of effort. Like that's It wasn't like, it wasn't anything substantial, but um, we, we started making money within our first year, but it was nothing substantial. And I, I don't even think it was covering our bills. That's ad revenue, right? Yeah, ad revenue. Yeah. I mean- Which that, now we, you know, we, we, we were lucky. We timed it right, you know, like the, we were able to still run programmatic remnant type advertising, which is what you typically would see. That means like banner ads and stuff. Yeah. Now- People do not want that at all. Like everything is no. totally in the more native, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah. getting leaders get to a point where at that point, when I have my aqua hydrate, <laughs> you know, while I'm interviewing, you know, Diddy, you know. <laughs> Freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the, you know, that's the wave now having it more native. Um, but content, man, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to build up that brand authenticity with your audience, build that trust. Yep build up the views and hits, you know, you got to show that it's, it's going to get, you know, going to get eyeballs. And then, then you have to go and pitch it correctly to the right brands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, but like that whole play, you have to, you have to develop the skill of patience. Oh yeah. Big are, time. Are you a patient person? I am definitely more of a patient person now. Ever than before. Probably. 
Yeah, she's very impatient. <laughs> is, is, Gerard, is Gerard patient? He's a patient, but you're patient. Yeah, I'm patient. I was impatient when I started as an entrepreneur, right? Like my early 20, 18, I started at 18. How old are you now, just for the record? I'm 30, I just turned 32. Oh, um, nice. congrats. Thank you, thank you. So I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm more of an older millennial like yourself, mm -hmm. I think, believe too. The world 20, of millennials. 29 this year. 29, so, yeah. Like on the higher cusp. So I think we're like more of the more mature big brothers yeah, out there yeah, yeah. of the millennial group. Yeah. Um, like I was just hanging out with a bunch of them yesterday. And, you know, it's it's awesome to, like, I love it. I love, especially for me as a mentor, I love mentoring. My key is like a ni 19. Like 19, I feel like, yeah, I can just, oh man. Hold you. Love it. 18, you don't love get it, it, but 19. 19 <laughs> is that number. Yeah. I love, love 19. Um but, you know, those early, you know, early 20s and, and during I relate to them because I still was a millennial. So I'm like old enough where I remember what it was like to grow up with a beeper and grow up with like, <laughs> you know, not being attached to social media and being going and getting yeah. dirty and riding my bike. And I was BMX and I was a skater and I was doing all these things. But the, I did grow up into social the social media era, the tech era. And and I was very impatient when I started off as an entrepreneur. You know, I wanted things now and I learned my lesson. I lost a big lesson. I lost millions of dollars, you know, making decisions. It, you, you know, I learned my lesson and now I'm at a point in my life now where it's just like, I have more, definitely have more wisdom and I'm definitely playing the long game. Isn't that cool when you, uh, when you get a little bit older and then you encounter a situation that previously would have tripped you up and you're like, oh, I see what that is. Yeah. That's not like that. But that could be like personal stuff. Like it could be like relationship stuff. Like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Or like business stuff like, oh, 10 years ago, I definitely would jump on that. But now, absolutely not. Yes. You know, um, I was talking to someone earlier today. Who was it? But they were saying when you get, when you, when you first start off and you haven't kind of quite gotten success yet, it's either like questions are either a yes or a no. But when you start to get more successful, it's either a hell yes or a no. You know, so if you don't like you have to really, really want to do something and really, really know that you're going to put your effort in. Otherwise, it's just a hell no. And that comes with like with like the patience. Right. Also, patience. And, you you, you know, uh, I respect about you is the jujitsu. Oh, yeah. You're, you're jujitsu. You know, you're, you're a jujitsu artist, mm -hmm. master. And I actually grew up uh, learning a lot of jujitsu from my uncle. Sean and I roll. That's my training. Oh, oh sick. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so I grew up with my uncle teaching me jujitsu and going to his oh, dojo man. and watching the sensei teach him. And like, I'd be like a little kid it's and going, going to like, I'll never forget so many experiences. I saw him going to like ice cold water and have to like meditate in ice cold water. <laughs> I've seen him have to fight like five guys That's on his amazing. knees, you know, all these things <laughs> and learn so much. And what I love about jujitsu is- Do you know how much more I love you right now? Because jujitsu is like, it's a soft spot for me. I saw it. You just lit up. <laughs> yeah. But it's it, 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 a lot, so much you learn from it. It's, it's, and like one thing I was going to mention from it is discipline. Mm -hmm. You really learn a lot of discipline. I always reference the jujitsu when it comes to like discipline and energy, understanding how yeah, to deflect people's yeah. energy totally. and things like that. Um, and I just respect, because with entrepreneurship, I think jujitsu and entrepreneurship, I think will work hand in hand. I and I actually want to bring jujitsu to the Founders District. <gasps> so what's interesting was I was going to bring boxing. I was going to bring boxing because there's a lot of kids that I mentor that, you know, go have a lot of pain, right? They've yeah, gotten, their yeah. friends have gotten murdered, you know, problems at home, things, is, you know, it's yeah. rough. And I'm like, okay, maybe boxing would be a good way. Get them, teach them you know, let out that anger, train, you know, as like one of those things. Um, and then someone told me with boxing comes a lot of ego. 
if you look at a lot of boxers, mm-hmm. right, they're very egotistical. Mm-hmm. And how hard can I hit you? How hard can I hit you? You know, it's just, it's a lot of ego. It's very ego driven. And then I was like, oh my God, jujitsu. And I started thinking about all the crushes key the <laughs> characteristics. Yeah, crushes all that. Yeah. And how hand in hand it plays with entrepreneurship. Talk to me about that. Dude, there's a, uh, there's a good book called uh, The Way of Men by this guy named Jack Donovan. And mm-hmm. he talks about jujitsu and he's like, he's like, you know, there's, there's like the ego and the bravado and the posturing that goes into like, uh, blowing yourself up, but you get into a jujitsu gym and you'll just see what's up. Mm-hmm. You'll just see what's up. A lot of times in boxing gyms or Muay Thai, people are like, bro, if we were, go- like, I can't go 100%, but if we were going 100%, yeah. I would have kicked your ass or whatever. And then jujitsu, <laughs> it's like, we can go 100%. So let's see what's up. Yeah. You know, if we need to. And um, it's good to like get an honest assessment, especially as a man, about where you're at. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when you're rolling, a lot of times there isn't an immediate move to make. The only thing you can do is wait. And that's the same thing in life. Sometimes not making a move is a move, you know? That's so powerful. You know? But but sometimes sometimes waiting to see what another person does, it allows you to Tweet that. <laughs> it allows <laughs> you to see your opportunity, right? Yeah. And I mean, for you with your business, sometimes the move is just like looking at the market. What's going on right now? Where do I fit in? Yeah. You know? Um, oh man, that's so powerful. And it's so true. You know, things are moving so fast and, you know, it's like you want to, you want to get, do so much. And there's like so much opportunity, but like you really need to, I, I always say like life is uh is a game of chess, man. And, you know, sometimes sitting back and really thinking through what your move is going to be, not, not making one right away. Yeah. A lot, I think that's a, a, a big mistake. A lot of entrepreneurs make, they get really excited. Come, someone will come pitch them and dance like, yeah, we can do this. And it's like, yeah. next thing you know, they're like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's like, Take your time. I'm working on a big business deal right now. And, you know, the person that I'm doing business with got really upset with me because we had a great meeting and yeah, we yeah. talked at all about it. And we were like, yeah, let's move forward and we can do this. And then it was like, cool. And I was like, let's let's sleep on it though. And yeah. take take this, think about this part. And I'm going to think about that part. And let's get back to each other. Next day I get a term sheet and I like, I was like, yeah, holy cow. Yeah, okay, yeah. you were quick. And then I took my time and wrote this unbelievably professional email with, you know, my complete thoughts and he got all upset. Like I thought we were going to move, move, move. And I'm like, dude, got to take your time with deals. Yeah. You know, it's not going to just like overnight happen, especially if you're thinking long-term, if you're, you're thinking about what is the intention behind doing this and what is the outcome yeah. that you're looking for and thinking about that, like 10 years. That's the wisdom coming you know? in though. Wisdom. Yeah. You know, it's 19 like, year olds don't always get that. Right. You know, um, because the hustle mentality is really big on, on social media right now. Yeah. Hustle and, and hustle is important. Right. But it's like, um, it's like hurry up, but slowly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. get to the spot because, you know, you can, as long as you're, as long as you're on your way, you don't need to worry about beating other people because they're going to drop off anyway. Yeah. You don't need to worry about like trying to get to somewhere before someone else. I guess maybe if you're in a position like a, like a Zuckerberg, you have to really hit things Oh yeah. Fast. You have to constantly be innovating so quick. But- at that high level. We're not, most of us are in that position where we have to innovate or it's yeah. life or death. And even with some, you know, building a content brand, you don't really have a choice. You can't, you can't like force virality. You can't force yeah. 2000 writers to come overnight. Like yeah. it just, you have to wait it out. You know what I noticed? It's like, we live in a very competitive time right now, yeah. right? Cause like there's so much information happening so quickly and so many people are coming out and there are so many brands. You can get co- so caught up in consuming and watching what everyone else is doing. And you're so competitive and like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta be first. I gotta do all this. And what I've noticed is like, you, first of all, you need to stop worrying about everybody else. You, re- you really need to focus on just yourself. You'll become so much more clear on where you want to be in life if you stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Gerard is in his fuck right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other part, it, you know, I, I think um, 
other than like focusing on yourself, just being like, having like a real intention and knowing that it's not gonna, like doing it right. That's what I was gonna say. Do it, do it right. Like it's not about like always even just getting it done first. It's yeah. just like, there's so many people I know that have great ideas and they worry so much about getting it out first and then it's not quality. And then as much hype as you just created because you just try to get it out as quickly as possible and then you create it, it's mm -hmm. so hype and you're happy because you launched something. And the next thing you know, people are like, yeah, but this is like, eh, this is like not, this is not the greatest content or this is not the greatest product or this is not the greatest, you know, it, it, and people recognize that. Yeah. So it's like, yo, you much rather come out with the best and something quality and knowing that you've already thought three steps ahead of how it's going to be executed and what that experience is going to be for your audience or your customer and doing it right rather than quick. And that is way more powerful in the long run and let everybody else go and do do quick and go fast and do all that stuff. Figure out how to do it right and do it and like, you know, do just execute and know that and be patient, you know? And I, I, that's something that I've, I've, I've had to learn in, Same. in my career. Same. Well, I think the difference, because there's so much noise that a well thought out, well executed plan is like a piercing voice through the noise, Yeah. you know, because it's not hard to make video anymore. When, right. when it was, when it was hard to make video, you could put out shit and it, people would watch it yes, because there wasn't that much being put out there. But now it racing to the market, when you get there, everyone's already there. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, you putting it out first, you can't put it out first. They yeah. already put it out. Yeah. So you might as well scale it back and have the quality. I'd rather you have, Agreed. you know, um, a five episode season and it's dope than 10 episodes, all 50%. There you go. You know, it is. That's exactly what I'm saying. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you don't feel that it's there just yet, it's okay. Like, you know, for, well, I guess two points, right? Like one I was gonna say is, you know, you, you, you wanna make sure that you follow your intuition. If it doesn't feel right, don't do not do it. You know what I mean? Like it's better off to, to make sure that you feel great about your product. You wanna feel great about doing something. So make sure that you feel like this represents me. This represents my values, my character. I feel great about putting this out. Regardless if it's gonna get a million views or freaking a hundred views, like you just feel great. It was it was a great product that you represents you. I think that's the most important thing. And then the other part on it, and when you flip it on its head is, don't worry about how people judge you and in my opinion, it's it's not always going to be perfect, right? Like there are times where like I consider myself like, oh, I'm trying to be a perfectionist. Like, no, you got to understand that no matter what, season one, episode one, I was like, ah, oh, I was so tight. Yo, getting season one, episode yeah. one out for me was hard. hard. I was like, this isn't right. It didn't come out great. Like the audio is a little off at Ryan Blair's house. And I was like, it's not whatever, but I felt good. And I thought the messaging was good. If I was, you know, I felt really great about it. My intuition was like, you know what, G, just, you got to roll it out and it'll get better. And that's okay. Yeah, and yeah. I did that. And you, you, you see the progression on how it's going to continue to get better. And you have to know that like any great product is always going to just, the, every great product, you look at Apple, where it started to where it is now, you know, and it's, it is that process where it'll continue to, oh, any great product is going to continue to evolve and you're going to innovate. So it's like, don't try to be like a perfectionist, but just make sure that you, your intuition is telling you that this is, this is, the, this is great. I feel good about this represents my brand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. Easier said than done. I would rather see someone make a few mistakes and it not be 100% perfect than never right. produce anything. Yeah. But it's that fine line of knowing when, like when to ship. Okay, I've obsessed enough. And this is because sometimes you have to evolve as a person in order to develop your, your product better, right? We're not snapping this. We're not. This is. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. But, um, but sometimes you have to, your product gets better when you get better, right? Yeah. 
your, your business is usually a reflection of where you are in your life. Yeah. And, and Elite Daily was amazing and it's great, but now you've changed and evolved. And so the next thing you do is going to be a representation yes. of what you've learned. For sure. You know, um, and people often forget that like entrepreneurship, I feel like is a vessel for personal development. You it know? really is. Because you have to face all, you have to just, if you're not going to be honest with yourself as an entrepreneur, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, or for, you're not going to make it for long, you know? I agree. Yeah, so true. And I just feel like, it's just like, I was thinking about this, like, you know, it's a new year, 2017. And it really is just like, life is a bunch of chapters, you know what I mean? And I feel like each year is a new chapter in your life. And you think about how, I was thinking about this, like how old human, you know, us, us as humans live to, you know, like we typically live to, I mean, we all die. We're getting older. We're, we're, the lifespan's increasing though. Is it? It's, um, I mean, it's going past 80 now, like as the standard. Is average. that right? But, I, I was going to, I was going to, damn, man, I was about to say buck 20, but uh, no. Nah. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, so, like in other, in some countries, yeah. But yeah. Like, but let's just say for, you know, for whatever, let's just say a hundred, sure. you know? And I just feel like you think about that, you know, just like every, you know, every 10 years of your life is a new chapter. And I just, I genuinely believe that each year, you know, you're just writing, it's another part of that chapter and you mm -hmm. just you just continue to evolve and you just like you know one day man it's just, you look back and it's like you wrote this like unbelievable book of your life and it's just like how are you going to write each page yeah you know and just i've been thinking about that a lot just reflecting a little bit about like my life and the book that i'm writing and i'm not i'm just like i'm just it's i'm just like just you don't wreck i didn't realize it yeah you know like i'm always living the moment because you're, so, you're goals, so in so it in you know it. It was the first time that this year, like I reflected back and I'm like, wow, as an entrepreneur too, like how much has happened and like how much of all the mistakes I made and all those failures played such a big role and, you know, how much my character showed even more, yeah, like, yeah. you know, when the success really did come back. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I'm going to think about how, how, you know, our life is a bunch of these chapters, man. Totally. I think about myself even five years ago, yeah. just different, just different person, not a bad yeah, person. Yeah. Not stupid or d just different. You know, I was talking with uh, with Sarah, my girlfriend. We've been together. This will be our seventh year going into this now. And we we laugh because we think about the people that we were when we first met. Yeah. You know, and we're like, man, you know, we were good people, but we were different. We learned a lot. And um, and people only see you now because you're so visible because of what you've done. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily get to see the, the evolution Depression. of you. They get to see the documented version yeah. on Wikipedia and yeah. the videos. I'm like, oh, this guy was always fucking dope, man. You know, he had us all <laughs> yeah. figured out. Yeah. Like, he's so smart. You know, but you had to like some hard out. What, were, what are some examples, I mean, of some shit that really challenged you? Like, I think the biggest challenge, and this is a story, uh, I, I actually just talked, I told this story for the first time on my a TEDx talk I did in 2016. I actually was the first time my mother ever showed up at one of my speeches. I dedicated to my mother. I was like kind of nervous doing that. Let alone it was a TEDx. He was sitting in the front front row. Oh, yeah. So I'll tell you the story. Um, so when I dropped out of college, uh, I'll give you the quick story in the beginning to get to the meet. Um, I dropped out of college uh, my first semester. I wanted to make my parents proud, so I did go. And then I recognized it was a business. I want to make business. them proud, so I dropped out first semester. Yeah. Well, I, meant to make them, no, I, meant to make them, I meant like, I wanted to make them proud, so I went. <laughs> you know? But then I was like, all right, this is Here, definitely. Yeah. Right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And it was like during finals week too. So I felt like I let it go out a little bit, but Shit. yeah, it's funny. But, um, so I ended up starting my first business and I, I ended up getting a mentor as I, I built an online community for people who wanted to learn about, um, stocks and, you know, trading ideas. 
And I was like, this was something that a problem I wasn't going to solve. I wanted to start learning about the stock market. I didn't know how. So I was like, I'm going to create my own community. And um, I stole the, this, the idea of using a rating system similar to eBay or yeah, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it did really well. I got back then, which was a lot, 10,000 active members. It's great. And it was, it was really awesome. And it attracted a, a CEO who contacted me to advertise. And then he was like, you're only 19. Like, you don't even understand the value of what you've created. Come work with me. And he mentored me. And I, from his mentorship, I went through a huge failure. That's not the story I want to tell though. I, I helped him for the whole year and a huge, massive demo failure with him. From that failure, I was like, okay, regardless of that, I learned a lot from this. Let me take what I've learned and start an agency to do what I did for him using digital marketing to tell stories of small cap companies and did that really well. I was making millions of dollars. Then all of a sudden the between 2008 and 2010 happened where I was investing into, I was investing into companies I believed in. I ended up investing into this company that had the patents for streaming content through smartphone devices, which is now like, forget about it, yeah. major. And it just goes to show that like, sometimes you can be right, but you just time it off. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win. You can own a patent on, you can own a patent on that? On yeah. Cause I, okay. So, so, so the company had a patent for, Allowing content to be streamed through smartphone devices. So I went all in on this company. And it was right after I had made seven figures on another investment through like investing into a gold mining company that I went and saw in, in Guanajuato, Mexico. I, I invest into this, this TV Everywhere company is what the industry was called, TV Everywhere. And I'm up $20 million on this stock. I'm in my mid-20s. I believe I was 25 years old. I thought I was completely invincible. I never seen money like that. $20 million in my account. Fuck. And I stopped paying attention. I'm like, this thing is going through, it's gonna go higher. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking like it's invincible, it's gonna go higher. I'll never forget, I'm coming home from Connecticut with my mentor. And he was like, you know, don't you think you may wanna like take it out? And I was like, nah, we're going, it's gonna break through eight. It's gonna, I'm, I'm good. It's an, you know, about an hour drive home. And I'll never forget this day, the market crashes, tumbles, and I lose. <gasps> All of it. Oh, no, like, like, like all like, of it. No, like I was able to take out enough to be able to like save my pay my rent or whatever. But like, I lost the majority of my net worth. Period. Yeah, it was, it was devastating. What did that feel like? It walked was, me through that. Oh like, my god! What did you go through? It went through a biggest number when I learned about ego. Like very, very much. Like the one thing I learned was I learned about my ego. I was like, holy shit! I thought I was fucking invincible. I thought I was the like the absolute Superman. Oh. Like could do it all. I'm so good. And I was embarrassed. I was really, really like, it, it like embarrassed me because I at the time had, you know, a, my new Bentley, GTC, white, <laughs> red and leather, sick 22. You made yourself into a rapper. I was a rapper. Yeah, I had a penthouse. I was flying everywhere. I had it all. Now I'm like, oh my God, I got to sell my car. Gotta, what am I going to do? And now everybody, I'm like, oh my God, but everyone knows, like, I, I knows that I'm the one who came up. I got, I came out of, and I was successful. And now I'm like, what? Like I was devastated, like this is so fucking bad. So I'll never forget, I went to talk to my mom. My mom tells me this story. I didn't even know this. She said to me, Gerard, you know when your grandparents immigrated here and we grew up. Where did they immigrate from? Uh, my, this, so my mother's Colombian. She was born in Colombia, but my grandparents immigrated from Venezuela. My grandfather ended up moving from Colombia to Venezuela to work with the poor and work with ships. And uh, on my father's, side, my father's side, they through Ellis Island, they were from Italy. So. My mother said when they immigrated here, they grew up in a 
like, you know, one bedroom, this little apartment, but a family of five. And, you know, um, it was tough. And she told me that one day she was walking home from school. She was only like, um, you know, 14 years old. And her friend said to her, hey, Jenny, isn't that your, a building on fire? She walks home frantic. She's the oldest of the, of the, of her, my uncles and aunts. And she was worried, like, are they, like, is everyone okay? Luckily, everyone was okay and got out, but they lost everything. So she goes, Gerard, we literally, with the shirts on our, that's all we had with the shirts on our back. And she had to go to the school and beg her school teacher at 14 to sign a waiver for her to be able to leave, not go to school so she can go get a job and cry to the teacher. Cause she's like, I'm, no, you have to stay in school. And she's like, you don't understand. If I don't go get a job, my family won't have enough money to eat. So she cried and the teacher finally said, okay, if you take night classes, I'll sign the waiver. So he did. Now she's 14 years old. She couldn't get a job in Jersey. Right. So she ended up in the middle of the winter going to New York City to Canal Street. And for those who don't know, Canal Street is like the Chinatown, like- it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a bad area. It's where everything is like, you can buy all the fake Louis. People use big, Canal Street as an example of a bad area. Exactly. Yeah. So my mom got a job at 14 in the middle of the winter on Canal Street, watching stands outside that people that wouldn't steal from the, from the stands, just to make a little bit of money to help provide for groceries for my grandparents. And she tells me this and starts crying. And I'm like in my mid-20s. And she was like, and then I, re, I, I, I went through that. And now I rebuilt myself. Got a job. So my mother was working seven days a week in a supermarket to help me and my sisters. And she was like, and if I was able to get through all of that, and my mom went through now surgeries, back surgeries, knee surgeries. I've seen my mom go through so much. That's why I was like, I want to, my, my goal has always been to just give back to her, my, my father. And, you know, she was like, if I got through that, you bet you ass, you better stop bitching right now. And you better get the fuck back out there and do this shit again. And that was the only motivation that I needed. <laughs> You're like, well, I was like, okay, whoa, okay. Yeah. I, you win, you win. You win, yeah. let's go, yeah. let's go. And then that's when, um, and then that's when I, I, I overcame that. I started doing, I started looking at the economy. Okay, so why did this happen to me? I mean, not bitch about it. Like why, what really happened? What's going on with the economy? And I was looking at our generation. Everyone's looking at come Kardashians and, you know, Jersey Shore was reality TV. Yeah, yeah. No one's paying attention to the true economics of what's happening in our country. Inflation, you know, trillions in debt. What, everything from China, like yeah, what's yeah. really happening? All my friends graduating from college with debt, can't get a job, degree. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, are there any millennials that are actually exposing all of this? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking expose this shit. And I started making documentaries on the economy. And my last documentary was called College Conspiracy to expose the student loan debt crisis. And then that's when my whole passion for video and for content grew. And then that's what led to the Elite Daily. So you see how that whole like- You had to go through that. You had to you go had through to. that, you know? And that's that's what we're just talking about. You know, people don't don't know that side. They see the success of Elite and they're like, nah, man, like there was a, a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of ups and downs throughout my life, a lot. Um, and it'll never end. I'm still like, I still don't look at myself as a multimillionaire, like- in the sense of like mass, I, I, all that money I put into a trust that I can't even touch. Yeah. You know, because I know what it's like because I lost <laughs> the last time, you know? Uh, so that's the, like, okay, I see what happened last time. Yeah. That's what we we're talking about, yeah. right? Like, I see what happened last time. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, man, because, um, because people will, will just assume that because you've had one success, you don't know the pain of having uh, a really big failure. And also, they forget about, like, generational pain because you yeah. come from like a family of immigrants, right? Love that. That's generational pain. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know um, Tom Bilyeu from Quest, uh, Quest Nutrition. 
Do you know Tom? I know of him. It's, I I might have met him. Might have. I don't know. I might have met him. at live. We're, so it's like hard to remember that. He, we were talking. We were, so I was talking to him yesterday or a couple of days ago, and he was talking about the idea of generational poverty, and not even in the sense of like lack of money, but in the mindset of generational poverty. Mm. And, and of, so true. Yeah. Of of like multiple generations of families not understanding how to how to come up out of their situation. Um, do you think that that because of the way the internet is now, it, we've democratized ourselves in a way where everyone can can make it. Or you still think there's like a hierarchy that some people won't won't break through? I do believe that um, we have democratized it through social. I think you can now. Like we we are the generation right now. We've proved it. Yeah, we've proved even it. more I Generation about, Z, honestly. Yeah, even more Generation Z. It's insane. They, they, they don't Z. even know because we we can like we can remember pre-internet. We're the last generation. Millennials yes. are the last. We're the bridge, right? We're the bridge. Because my my parents are pretty young. We're the role models too. Yeah, we're the role models on the bridge. And my parents are Generation X, and then we're we're Y. Yes. And then there's Z. Correct. And so Z doesn't know a life without the internet. But we remember, like, I still remember old Tony Robbins tapes back in the day. And mm-hmm. it was so hard to create content. Yes. <laughs> like, you have to get a traditionally published book <laughs> yeah. or, like, get a, a factory to manufacture CDs or something yeah. or tapes. Mm-hmm. And now you have this device. Where do you think, like, where do you see it going? Like, she's supposed to be filming on the device right now. Yeah. This, 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 um, where do you see the technology going? What, well, how, how is it going to get more democratized? I don't know. What, it's unbelievable. It's crazy, it's, man. It's unbelievable. For, for, so for me, from like, you know, paving your own way, I really believe that like there, there is no better time in the history of humanity to be someone who can create your own life, um, your own life of success, like create your own destiny, create your own life of success, of freedom, to be an entrepreneur, to, to be, have the, the, you know, the resources to have an idea and truly, I think it's like the most entrepreneurial time in history, but it does somewhat, somewhat to me, like, I think a lot about like people, the, the people, first of all, like, I don't know how to talk about it, like being present. Like I, I just look at a lot of like my nephews growing up and people that are just yeah. so attached. I look at, I'm like, what is it going to look like in, in another 30, 40 years? I see memes of people like with their heads down, phones and everything. You know, and I just think it's important for us to see the opportunities of of how technology has given us, um, you know, the the ability to truly create and innovate and communicate and connect more than, more than ever before in history of humanity. But at the same time, it's it, it, I believe it's so important to really still connect. Yeah. And not to get so caught up in just these devices and through the technology. Like it's going to create so many opportunities, but also like remember that I always say this because I come from a a background of content where like analytics and data is so important. And I'm like, just, just always remember that behind all of that data, behind all of these devices, behind all of those views, behind all of those likes, we are humans. We're people. people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's so funny too, because we, I, I talk to my team about this all the time. We think of like, what was our open rate and what was, you know, yeah. how many, what are the data points and what, yeah. are, you know, and I'm like, each one of those is, is a person. Yeah. Just remember that, you know? So if we look at, if we look at like an email that we send out and, oh, you know, only 20,000 people opened it or whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, so there's 20,000 lives. And if we want to affect, if we want to get a better result for our business, we have to start thinking from the perspective of how do we impact these people's lives? Yes. You know, it's not about like, I mean, Get it. we can do clickbait shit that will work yes. occasionally. Right. But these are real people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, you forget that you're getting emails on your device and you're having thoughts about it. And other people are doing the same thing too. Yeah. You know, people, we don't want, 
this is the reason why it's so important going back to what you said to, to create quality shit. Yeah. Because there's options now. You know, I don't need to read your email. I don't need to be on your Instagram. I don't need I don't need you because anyone else can fill yes. your position. So what are you bringing me? Yeah. But do you, do you think it's hard to be authentic at scale, though? I mean, you know, because like you're a regular There's person. There's a lot of people that are unauthentic at scale yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm going to say names, but yeah, it's pretty shocking to me. And, and they've created, and not to take anything away from them, they've created immense amount of success. I know. But I just look at it like, whoa, like what does that look like? You know, I, I could I could not live that life. I think you I could not live that life. I think that um, God bless anyone out there that wants to you know fake it till you make it or 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 leverage the the money to to create or other people's money or other people's money. Like, but I, what I would tell you is just like again, just from wisdom. You know, this, I learned this from Tony. It was my favorite quote, man. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Yeah. And you can go make all the money in the world. I trust me when I tell you, I've made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But I just genuinely feel that like, there's a certain point even when you start making millions of dollars, like there's, there's nothing you really can't do. It's not like, yeah, I, I want to strive to be a billionaire and I want to go buy a private island. No, like, yeah. look, once you start making, you know, you're at that certain level of, you know, seven, eight figures. And you, you, listen, I want to go buy a Lambo, I can go buy a Lambo. If I want to go, you know, do this. Now use what? A, yeah, now what? Like, fuck the money. Just, you got to figure out what you want to do in life that's going to be truly authentic. That's going to create real, like a real legacy because people will remember, you know, who you are at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to feel good that like when people get to know you past that screen, that like you're that dude yeah. or that girl, like yeah. you are that chick, that dude that is still the same authentic, yeah. real yeah. person, period. You know what I'm saying? And that that's what I love is that I love like the best compliment someone can give me is that after they, they're, if, if they are a fan and they see me on Instagram and stuff and I meet them and then they get to know me, they're like, yo, man, fuck, you're like such an inspiration to me to just know that like you are humble and you are cool and you're down to earth and you're genuine. And like, I really feel like you you are someone who could be like a mentor that's someone I look up to, but also is relatable and like genuine. And like, to me, that's like, fuck yeah. That, that's exactly what I was going for. That's who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is who I am. And you know that I'm, I'm glad that people feel that. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's just like, that's the best thing and that's the best feeling in the world because when it's all said and done, you know, money or no money, like, I genuinely, my high is when I can get people in a room. It could be five people at a dinner, which I want to do. We should do this. Uh, I wanted to do this. I want to talk to you about this. Do like a, a meetup out here. Yeah, let's do it. Or or you do, or you end up going on stage and you have a huge event and you have thousands and thousands of people and streaming it to millions. No matter what, man, like the people respect you. Yeah. You know, because of who you are as a person. And uh, that's, you know. It's also less tiring to not have to lie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like, it's just, if I don't Creating have to, a show every yeah, day. Yeah, I don't have to remember what I told you that I, that who I was because yeah. I'm just the same person. It's yeah. easier that way. Um, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that I've been successful in becoming like a thought leader and building a you brand. You are. That's what I love about you. Because it's just like, okay. Yeah. You know? There's, I don't have to to fake it, and it just makes it easier for me to go about my day. Yeah, uh, being honest, I, I, that's why I was so excited to meet you because you come off super genuine and all, and just so freaking like so. You, you come off very real. You care about people. You're very like you know. I, I believe you're also you give people real so um like real solutions and knowledge that's tangible that they can take action right away right now. Uh, you know, and 
you know, it, it's, it's just, it's actionable. It's tangible. It's not always like you have to go and think you need to be this crazy build yeah, this yeah, like, yeah. you know, seven, eight figure business. It's like, no, this is something you can do right now to create this extra income, this extra 20,000, this extra money that can, that will make an impact in your life right now. And you're, you're super authentic and real. And I, and I love that about you. But for me, the biggest thing is like, meeting you in person. Like I'm such yeah. a per people person. It's like, I, I see that. That's why I, I love see these podcasts. you. I see you, but it's like, yo, let me get together with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I love these podcasts. That's why I wanted to have a studio to do it. Like they have Skype podcasts and that's cool. I do this podcast for me selfishly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we'll, we'll put it out and it's going to get a lot of likes and shares, all that shit. I do yeah. it for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I get yeah. to meet people and I get an yeah. excuse to say like, come by the studio. Yeah. You know, we'll hook you it's up. It's a great networking tool. For yeah. It's sure. a great networking tool. People overlook that too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And there's something that I'm coming out with next week. I haven't talked about it publicly yet, but since this is dropping and now I feel like this is the start of a, an amazing, amazing relationship between each other, uh, a legacy type relationship that I, I, I like to build true, true long-term friendships, relationships for life. I may have, you may have to get me back in that jujitsu uh, dojo. <laughs> me, but, me and Sean will, will tighten you up. I am um, launching something called Social Currency and I have yet to talk about it a little bit, but like I, I've gen, I, I, before last year, I never gave a shit about my brand. My, me personally, personal brand. my personal right. brand, never cared. You were busy. All I cared about was building my businesses. Yeah. And it was after the sale of Elite Daily that I actually got depressed. And I was like, mm. fuck, like, what do I do now? Like, talk next about that for a minute? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was basically. Look, I'm how not you, trying to. Like, I'm not trying to be like, yo, oh, sob, like, you know, because I feel people, bad for you, Gerard. Like, you just sold your company. No, yeah. it was like, it was just like, damn, like, I was, um, I was the blocking vote, and I was against selling. So my my partners were sell, sell, sell. This is the right time. Facebook's changing their algorithms. There's just, everybody wins, you know, and this billion dollar company gives security to all 200 of the people that like grinded with us, and it all made sense. But I was like but they're valuing us off of revenue and we just start scratch the service revenue. But, and like our culture of what we created, our brand, the fact that people like want to work for us and they, they really know, they, they understand the purpose. And for me, I was like, we're not getting valued on that. So I was like, it's not, it's not, we're not ready yet. And our outcome, the money, not the mission. Exactly. That's what I was like. I was worried about the money, not the mission. And, you know, again, my CEO, I mentored, he was 19 years old when we started, you know, I, um, you know, for it was a so he was like, I want to get this W under my belt. You know what I mean, type of thing. And uh, so I ended up voting because the number one thing that the reason why was because I did see that they were right about the fact that Facebook was was starting to make these little changes to their algorithm that we said this could significantly hurt us, and it and it did. <laughs> it did, and it did big time. What was Ryan saying earlier, Sean? Do you remember what he was saying? He was saying like, yeah, I used to see Elite Daily a lot. Now I don't see yeah. him as much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, we were at 80 million. We sold, we sold, you know, crazy how this crazy works this timing. It was right when Kim Kardashian came out with that picture with the champagne bottle, the oh, ass out. Oh, yeah, yeah, Remember that? Yeah, and it yeah. went viral over the internet, yeah, yeah. broke the internet, the break the internet campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like right at that, at that. It was like the height. We sold out our traffic. But then, so afterwards I was like, man, my baby, what do I do next? I don't know. And then I started looking at thought leadership. I want to tell my story a little bit more because people are asking me to come speak about it, but they don't, don't realize there was 14 or at the time, you know, 12 years of grind and overcoming failures and adversity to get to that success. So I, I was speaking in Silicon Valley, speaking in, I was ranked top 100 in New York and all this stuff. Um, and I started looking at thought leadership and I saw a lot of people out there selling people on the dream mm -hmm. and on the motivational mm -hmm. quotes and all stuff, but they actually haven't done anything. Yeah. And I was like, this bothers me. And 
And I recognize, you know, how millennials are so easy to, they, they gravitate to perception. And I was like, whoa, like I need to step up as a leader myself. And then I went and met Tony Robbins. Crazy story for, for another, I'll tell you that at another time, but how that happened was unbelievable. I met somebody and they gave me two front, two front row tickets. They're like $10,000 a pop. And it was like- the UPW? UPW. Yeah. Completely transformative for, for my sister particularly. And for me, it was more of, in, like really uh, enlightening to me. Cause like, I wasn't a person who was depressed or anxiety. All the people around me were going, th going through some shit. I was just more of like, wow, I want to impact people like that someday. Like I need to be able to, you know, even if I, even if a 10th of that, like this guy's really transforming people's lives. And that's when I was like, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take my personal brand serious. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And I started doubling down. And what I've seen in my life from building my social currency in the past two years has been unbelievable. The amount more impact that I've been able to make, period. The amount of influence that I have, the amount of cir my circle of, of, my, of, of the people in my life now, the quality of them, the, the, the income. Like I literally, I'm, tomorrow I'm shooting with Toyota. Like Toyota is paying That's right. me, That's right. you know, as an influencer. And I don't know if I can actually say how much, but it's like a substantial amount of money. It's like a person's whole teacher's salary yeah, yeah. to go and like drive a Corolla and have five people pitch me their idea. And then I'm giving, we as a, as a, in partnership with Toyota are giving $15,000 away to the winner. That's like amazing. You know, I got flown to the pit of F1, you know, I'm working with brands, I'm impacting people, I'm speaking in different places. My circle of influence is growing. You know, um, my love life is better because I've been able to get free trips to Bali, to Thailand, <laughs> yeah. to freaking all over the world with my beautiful girlfriend. So it's like, like, okay, whoa, this is, this is, this, this is a real currency. Yeah. So, and I was like, no one's coined social currency. So I like trademarked that. <laughs> and I'm like, there's an actual process. There really is a process to leveraging content to build your brand, to get to that outcome. And it's not going to happen overnight. It takes, it does take time, just like anything else that like we talked about with content, but there is a st strategy and process in which to do it. So what I've done is I've spent the past six months, looking at my process, understanding my strategy, both from Elite Daily Days to my personal brand days, and I built a course called Social Currency that I'm dropping. Yeah. I love that shit. Please, yeah. like, please let us help you promote. That. Oh, because yes. I'm not going to make that course, so yeah. I'll promote the shit out of yours. Yes, you know? thank you. I would love that. I, I definitely would love to talk to you, collaborate, and get some knowledge from you because you're doing it. You know, I've never launched a webinar. I've never launched, you know, that kind of that kind of course. Um, you're unbelievable. Like your email marketing is fantastic. Thank so you. I would love to collab and, and learn from you. My biggest thing is like, we can all learn from each other, right? Like we all have a story and like, we're all like, yo, let's, let's help each other. Let's bring value to each other's life. You know, man, you're so right about the social currency. I was talking to my girlfriend. And I was like, this is a couple months ago. But I was like, babe, like the, for, for whatever reason now, because I write, yeah. I can like, that's it. People respect me and Having a little blue check mark means something yeah, to people. What yeah. the fuck is that? Yeah. They, I'm speaking at NASDAQ. Why? Wow. Beautiful. Why this though? Sick. I mean, I know why. Yeah, but, you know why, but, but it's like it's a very it's kind of surreal. Surreal. Because not that I don't deserve it, but it's really through impacting other people that you get recognized. Yeah. And um, and now anyone can impact another people, another person or group of people. Yeah. And if you have a system to do that, yes. it can get a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. And it's proven. So for me, it was like, I'm not going to do this and launch a course or launch anything like that unless I know that it's it's proven in my life to actually significantly move the needle totally. for the quality of my life. And it, and it has significantly, even at you know the level of have, after having an exit, like it's 
literally unbelievable. And and the biggest thing is, is that it allows you to shed so much light on something bigger than you. Like you think about it like, yeah, me, me, me. It's, I'm gonna get my social currency up and I'm gonna have all these unbelievable things that come into my life. I'm gonna be speaking here and I'm gonna be making money. I'm gonna be traveling. The best part about it is it allows you to shed light on a bigger, something that's bigger than you. Yeah. And that for me is founders. Yeah, you know, yeah. the social. Bit. So, you know, again, now speaking in Silicon Valley and going and speaking in Silicon Alley and, you know, doing all of that, I've learned about these startup ecosystems that these huge people started, like Peter Thiel's of the world, yeah. the Googles of the world, Y Combinator's 500. And I'm saying to myself, holy shit, why don't we have that in inner cities? Yeah. Like, you know, well, there's a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm, whatever uh, termed as a minority, right? It's like, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but regardless, this is a statistic that less than 1% of VC capital goes to minority entrepreneurs. I couldn't believe that. That's surprising because yeah. there's so many minorities. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think maybe it may have changed going into this year. I'm not challenging your stats. I'm just thinking I think to myself. It, 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 it might've been like a 2015, 14. Well, it's not enough. But it, to me, it was like, okay, when I read it, when I was starting Founders, because that's when I got the statistic, when I started Founders, I was like, this needs to change. So, and then I was like, all these you startup problems. I found the problem. Right. I understood that. I looked at people out there that, that were providing a solution, but at a different market. Yeah, yeah. And I started looking at, okay, my roots are in Newark. That's where my grandparents were. That's where my father was. That's where I got my namesake. It's where there's a lot of, there is an issue there. There's a lot of poverty there. There's, there's, there needs some, there needs, there needs to be job creation there. There needs to be inspiration there. And, and then at the same time, there's so much happening in Newark, like $2 billion in investment. Whole Foods came to town. Italy just came to town. Starbucks came to town. Those are big signs. Yeah. So there's a lot happening there. And there's, there's 40,000 students, there's big universities there. And then, so I came up with this model of providing a live, work, play district where we build these buildings, apartment buildings to get create, create, to provide affordable housing to students and entrepreneurs with the whole downstairs being this like fantasy factory, which has been only been my inspiration from Rob Durdeck. And then bringing in a food incubator, building an art gallery in the district, building a production studio, building fitness, building the jujitsu, you know? So, you know, bringing this whole di district, but we've seen these districts get built like in Wynwood, right? You're seeing Can it happen now. Can I come out and now. see that? I want to come out and see oh, that. Oh, you have to, yeah. dude. Come and speak, please. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let me For we'll sure, we got to yeah. talk about that. So that's the whole business model and it's and um, it's been the most fulfilling work of my entire life. We've gotten people that were homeless that are now starting Oh, I'm businesses. Butterflies. I'm I have kids that have had their friends murdered, family on drugs, That's to now crazy. going and doing motivational speeches unconventionally in their high school. Wow. I've got people that have flown from over 13 uh, applications from 13 countries that want to move to Newark now. I've got the mayor behind it. And then no one wants to move to Newark. <laughs> yeah. So you can so you're, you're yeah. changing the economy changing too. the economy. And the yeah. whole process, like long term, is to take this brand founders and replicate it like a WeWork to change these type of communities. The next being in Compton. Yeah, next to USC. If you get Kendrick out there, yeah, Kendrick Schoolboy Q, my boy Ryan Blair, yeah, trying yeah. to put the put the squad together right now. So I've never said that publicly. This is another drop. So word that you know that's interesting too because um, I think that the the minorities in those neighborhoods where people just start with a natural disadvantage, I feel like the hunger is there. So it's like it's the the energy is even better spent in those communities mm -hmm. because. It's not that Silicon Valley isn't cool and everyone has ideas, but I feel like sometimes people are lazy, you know, in areas where they where they, they take start. It for, a lot of times they take it for granted. Yeah. It's not a shot to them because they they've they in my opinion when I, when I they've they've sparked it. Yeah, 
if it wasn't for them, right, we wouldn't even have this, con- maybe even having this conversation. Yeah. It's not strange at Stanford to see a startup incubator. Right. Whatever. Exactly. Oh my God, you got to come to mind, dude. And then at night, it's the craziest thing in the world. It's this, it's all glass. At the, the incubator is all glass. It sh- glows and it's in the hood. Yes. It's so dope. And we have art in there. And it's like, what is this place? It looks, you know what they said to me? They said to me, gee, it reminds me of like, we felt like X-Men and you're Xavier and you just made us understand <laughs> our powers back now. Yeah. Like they were like that. Like before that, before, before this was here, we all felt like we were outcasts to the world. Now we feel like we can be superheroes. Professor X's school is kind of like an incubator too, isn't it? Yeah. That's actually, a, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. Man, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, and it's the, it's the most fulfilling feeling work in my entire life. So it's cool when you build that social currency, you can do something that is way bigger than just yourself. And the, and what I, and how I learned that, and there's a lot that went into, a lot of research that went into the founder's concept, right? This is, there's a story called building 20. Did you get investors to, to help you? Not yet. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get investors right now. So if anyone's interested, I just opened up the door for investors. Um, so there was a lot of research that went into this concept and how it would work. You know, there's a there's a story of, of a Mark, Mark Zuckerberg's headquarters and Steve Jobs' headquarters was built around a concept called Building 20. Now, most people don't know this, but look up Mark Zuckerberg's headquarters. It's Building 20. Nobody understands would understand why, but it was the, one of the first incubators that was built off of MIT where they didn't know where to put all their students that were like creative and had ideas. So they threw them in a building. It had no name, just building 20 bricks. And it was one door in, one door out. And it was this open collaborative space that everyone had to bump into each other. There's no walls, everything. And some of the greatest inventions of our time have come from building 20. Most people don't know that. It was shut down and made a museum that has yet to open to the public. Most of our generation does not know about this. So my whole thing was replicating building 20 in inner cities. So um, with with the housing, with you know, with the living aspect of it, so, so you have, I get hyped about it. So you so you have like literally, literally like students and founders are living in the building. Yeah, that's see, I like what you're doing because WeWork is trying something like that now. They are they're um, double dialing on that exact model. Yeah, but theirs looks a little bit more like a commune. It, it's a it's, it, a, it's yeah. a little bit. Have you seen the documentary on it? Oh, they did a documentary. Yeah, they did a documentary on it. Oh, fuck, I didn't see. It, it. was like um, it was like like a 20, 30 minute documentary on We Life, I think it's called. Or we Live. We Live. Fuck, I got to see that. Yeah, it's pretty, you, you should check it out because they like, they lay out how Is it everything. Netflix works. or no? It's YouTube? like a long YouTube documentary. Okay, I got to go check that out ASAP. Yeah, it's, um, but I've been, because I've been studying the We Live model. Yeah, they, they, there are some things I like about some things I don't, but I think overall, it's a really good model for like, for, for cultivating because the, the thing is like, yeah. there there's this, this, there's a lot of stereotypes that maybe minorities don't have the ability to do this stuff, but it's really the environment. They don't have the environment. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you, a lot of people in my family just didn't have the opportunity, yeah. you know, to come like my family's from inner city Detroit. Yeah. You know, so wow. we were getting shot before go. we were born. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, when you Dan Gilbert's doing it now. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And so it takes social currency sometimes and even just one person rising up. Yes. To be able, but you can pull a lot of people up, man. So much. It's, been, it's happening right now, right yeah. every day. It's just like- You can pull a lot of people up. It's really spectacular um, to see. It's really cool. And um, I'm blessed. And my whole thing is like- I see it calling, call, yeah, yeah. Calling all leaders, you know? For me, it's like, hey, if you feel that you've grown up, you were talking about the grit. Like I'll bet on the grit all day long. I just had an article come out called Betting on the Grit. If you're a leader out there, and like we said earlier, you don't need to be this big time successful CEO to be a leader. But if you're a leader out there and you come and, and you're ready to step up and you want to be a part of the founders movement, we are calling all leaders, man. We want to see founders go to these cities. You know, it's 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 from you know Newark 
to Compton, to Atlanta, to my, to, yeah, you know, yeah. downtown Miami. Like it, this concept is, it's, it's proven. You've seen it in all these big major cities. So like it's changing lives. And the difference between me and a, and a WeWork or us rather in a WeWork is the fact that WeWork, you know, their business is, is co-working, co-live. And sure, it's sure. money, you know, it's yeah. backed by VCs. It's money. A lot of accelerators, incubators, the VC, they're backed by VCs. We're not, yeah. we're backed by, it's entrepreneurs, by, yeah. by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. And we actually want to help you. If you have an idea or you have a business, we are going to hands-on help you build that business. It's not going to be like, hey, come in. We're going to give you this glass cubicle where you can work from and yeah. you're going to pay us. Figure it out. For your desk. Yeah. And we're going to, but you know, and there's a lot that they sell, culture and a network. And that's huge. And we want that as well. But for us, it's different. For us, it's an open space. We're going to help you. We're going to bring mentorship. mentorship. We're going to exactly. bring in these and we're going to help you build your businesses. So if you're someone out there with an idea or with a business and want to be a part of something like this too, then hit us up. We do two cohorts a year. All you got to do is go to founders.com and, and just apply. F-O-W-N. Yeah. So the word own in the middle, because we want to teach people to own your destiny, own your mistakes, own your life, own it. Whatever it is, own it. You know, that's that's like a motto of ours inside founders. You know, no matter what, own it, man. That's a great place to like, to kind of like bring it home. I'm going to ask you a few questions that are kind of unrelated. Cool. Um, uh, Gerard Adams, do you believe in aliens? No. No? Why not? It was just my instinct. Um, <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't know. I think it, it. I think they're fictional. You think fictional? Yeah. What's the What's the number one challenge in a relationship for entrepreneurs or I romantic think maybe relationship? We're the aliens. <laughs> yeah, we're we're the devices too. We're the phone's device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the number one challenge for entrepreneurs in romantic relationships? In romantic rom- mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. Communication. Communication. Patience. You know, just finding someone that really truly understands. You, where you're at in your life, what your goals really are and getting on the same playing field of saying, hey, look, we both want to see each other grow here. We got to be patient. We got to work together. You know, we got to communicate really, really well because yeah. you are as a young couple, super focused on what you're doing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and it can yeah. be somewhat selfish a lot of times. So I think it's the, the three key things is communication, affection, forgiveness, I'm sorry, for, and patience. Those are really good ones. And those are like good personal mottos yeah. for your own life, even outside of, of like romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, you're on your deathbed. It's 95. You know, maybe you'll make it to hundred if you're lucky, I'm right? For 120. Bro. 120. Okay. Dave Asprey's going for 180. Um, I don't know. At that point, everyone's dead. So I'll be real sad because all my family's dead, yeah. but you're, it's a, you're, you're 120. You're on your deathbed. Um, what will you have? What, what do you think will have made you smile the most? My kids. Your kids. You plan to have kids? Absolutely. How many do you want? It's in God's hands. <laughs> it's in God's hands. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Thank this you. is great. This is great, man. Yeah, this is awesome. This is really good. This is like a good natural flow, yeah, man. I like it. I love it. it. I I love like it. it. Yeah, this is just, just the beginning, bro. Me yeah. and you are going to do a lot of this. I'm excited, bro. Me too. My friends, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And this was a fantastic look into the beginning of uh, what's been a great friendship between us and also just the makings of a real uh, fucking hustler when it comes to business, man. Gerard has proven himself time and time again 
in the space. And, um, and yeah, it's cool to see that growth. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you tap in with us, newwaveentrepreneur.com to get all the updates. Make sure you subscribe to our email list as well as uh, like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Leave a comment, leave a review. That's all I got, my friends. The water is warm. The tide is rising. So jump on in. Let's get ready to surf this new wave. Daniel.